Welcome back to Travolta. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering the Poison Rose. Enjoy the episode. No, no, no. Reset, 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 reset. reset, reset. It was Saturday. Saturday. I'd just gotten over another bender from the night before. The bender at the bar. Every night, a new drink. Every morning, the same pain. Jack Daniels. This woman came into my office, this broad. She came in. She told me someone had been dead. To figure who did it. Super dead. If you folks thought that was a quote from this movie, you were mistaken. That is, in fact, just something I ran off my head that sounds like a quote from this movie. Because this movie sounds like if you took... Like, you know those those web things where it's like, I gave an AI 5,000 scripts and it wrote its own? Yes. This feels like if you gave an AI 5,000 noir scripts, this is what would be, it would pump out. Pretty much, I'm yeah. not unconvinced that is how this movie was written. Uh, honestly... Because it seems like something an AI would do where, like, plot elements are introduced and then never resurface. No. Uh well hi folks welcome to the yeah. poison rose welcome to the poison rose um I want to tell you guys that this is gonna be a long episode yeah and it's to gonna be buckle so. up yeah to gear in and to start going on your hiking trip now if you got like ten miles to hike you're gonna we're gonna be talking you might be halfway done by the time or you might you you'll be done with the hike and we'll be halfway done with this podcast. That's how long this episode is not going to be because, to be honest to our listeners, like, what are we talking? What are we doing here, Chad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about the poison rose. What, what are we doing here? <laughs> what day is it? <laughs> Where's my family? <laughs> this is a motion picture. Where's my wife? Where is I she? didn't kill my wife. I didn't wife. kill my wife. That's got to be on the recap. Yeah, it's got to be. Um, What recap? The greatest hits thing. Oh, that, that's got to be part of it. We're doing a greatest hits thing? No, like the greatest hits. Oh, yeah, we are. You know this. I didn't kill my wife. Oh, God. That's got to be in there. Um, yeah, so. The bees. The bees. <laughs> um, I don't know why. Um, bring, Jeff, we yeah. saw Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Okay. Spots. ago. Did the reason you just thought of that movie, is that because you said the bees and then remember there's a bee in that movie? Is there a bee in that movie? The bee is the reason that the uh, America Chavez character gets launched into a portal is because a bee lands on her when she's a kid. <laughs> anyway, I think that's where your subconscious went. Anyway, that movie's funny as hell. Um, it's a good movie. Yeah. Sam Raimi should do more uh, horror sequels. Stuart, do you want to know something tragic? Oh, no. So do you remember a few years ago we talked about a movie on this podcast um, called Quantum Quest, a Cassini space adventure. Yes. That I said we'd have to add an episode if it came out and it stars John Travolta. Yeah. Because we didn't know who it was going to star. Right. It came out and does not star John Travolta. We do not have to talk about it. It stars uh, Chris, Pine. Chris Pine. We talked about this. We did talk about this, but the movie had not come out. It came out two days ago. Oh. Cassini, Quantum Quest, Wide a Cassini release? space um, uh, streaming platforms. Oh. It came out two days ago. Quantum Quest. There's a podcast called Finding Quantum Quest because this movie's been in production for 15 years. Um, but no, it came out um, two days ago. You can buy it on Apple Pod on Apple like movies and shit. Looks like uh, it stars Chris Pine as Dave instead of John Travolta. Sadly, uh, that was very poisonous of you, Jeff. Yeah, Poison Rose. Okay, so Poison Rose. Uh it's an attempt to be a film noir. Yes, this is this is a film noir. Um, this movie was filmed in Savannah, Georgia. Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. Uh, one thing I want to talk about with Travolta is he's kind of, I think he's back to doing like three movies a year. Yes. 
now granted these are all like probably shot in like two to three these are these are quick shoots yeah um um, and he's probably just doing them for the money at this point because he's kind of like you know done with the industry because uh speed kills and Gotti are released the same year yes uh and then this is the year 2019 is the year where he does three movies and a music video yes uh but before Gotti, he was in uh, I Am Wrath in a Valley of Violence. 2015, it was Criminal Activities, Life on the Line. Forger, uh, 2014 was The Forger. And then he did an episode on Kirsty. And then 2013 was Just Killing Season. 2012 was Savages and the I Think You Might Like a Music Video, which was shot in one yeah. day. Yes, as we know. Uh, takes a little bit of a break. But yeah, it's like he, there were a time he was doing like two movies a year. Then it was like one movie a year. Then it's back to two movies a year, and now we're back at three movies a year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do we think that's going to hold? But did Dazzy held that up? No, no, because he's not released a movie in 2020. No, because. Not in 2021. It's currently 2022, and we still don't have a. Paradise City. Paradise well, City. It is because in 2020, Kelly Preston passes away. Yes. And he takes a break from acting. Are we. Because as are, we, we've kind of done like. Are we at a point where we should mention that and talk about that? Uh, Technically speaking, we never get to that. I was that. thinking we would cover that in the end, the end retrospective. Talk, okay. Because we talk about where he goes after the Fanatic. Okay. Well, let's save that for that yeah. then. Let's because save that for we'll that. We'll talk about what his careers looked like after the Fanatic in the retrospective episode. Yeah. Um, because we don't have Paradise City to do it. Yeah. Um, no. So that's that's where he's at in this career. He's kind of like, after the failure of Gotti, he's kind of given up. Yeah. And he has a little give up here. Before, I think, we talked about the three to tango music video kind of brings him back. He's not doing any three to tango movies. But he's having fun again. And these movies? He no, after three to tango, which we recorded out of sequence. Sure. Three to tango would technically be the last thing on this podcast. Technically, um, yeah. Um, but we put it before Gotti to give ourselves. Is some... Paradise City going to be like a Broadway musical, though? No. Like, yeah. <laughs> but he's going to have fun in it. Um, he's like, he's having fun in Die Hard. He's having fun at the Oscars. All that stuff. He's not trying for, like, you know, his big gaudy success story again. He's just having fun. Anyway, uh, so this movie is in that reign of, like, he just kind of doesn't care. Yeah. He's just kind of there for the motions. But I think he cares a little more than perhaps other movies in this one because his daughter is also in this. Yeah, Ellen. Ella, Ella Blue Travolta, um, who is, we've seen before, in Old Dogs. She's yeah. one of Robin Williams' kids in that? Yeah, she plays Robin Williams' daughter. And then in this one, it's established she's playing Famke Jansen's daughter. And the twist is that it's also Travolta's daughter. Whoa. Whoa, didn't see that one coming because yeah. they're related in real life. Um, um, I'm going to say it already. Yeah. Brace yourselves. Not good. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> Not a good movie. Well, I was going to say Ella Blue. Yeah. She's a little rough. She's a little stiff. This movie, at the beginning, when the cast list is coming up, I'm like, this thing might be cooking. Look at this cast. Yeah. Because it's like John Travolta, Morgan Freeman, Famke Janssen, Robert Patrick, Peter Stormare. I'm like kind of hooting and hollering. Nick Vallelonga. I'm like. And then. Good cast. No. And then. And then. And then. The words. The words. And Brandon Fraser. Brandon Fraser. And he gets the and best movie ever. Brandon Fraser. That's right. Uh, Brandon Fraser is in this movie. He gets the and. I was like, Brandon Fraser, back in movie. I was like, means good movie. Yeah, I was pounding my my chest. Uh, The movie does not live up to that cast list. Most of them do nothing in this movie. Right. Except for... Brendan Fraser. Mr. Fraser. Who's doing a lot. He's doing so much. He's doing good in this movie. He's the I, only one doing good. He's the only one doing something. Yes. I'm not going to say if it's good, but he's doing something. It's good. Um, he's doing something. So this movie starts off, and we meet John Travolta. He's playing P.I. Carson Phillips. Oh, good. Trash truck's going by. That's going to be great for our sound. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Let's just talk really loudly over it. Yeah, so, so he's like... he's. Laying in bed. Laying in bed. And, and we get this this generic ass noir intro. He's, he's a drinker. Like, where he's like, I'm a PI. I like to drink, smoke, and gamble. Some would say too much. 
And that's the, that's the yeah, intro. That's, basically that's the monologue intro. Um, and so he goes outside. Oh no, he sees some guys are coming for him in his apartment building. There's some guys coming with guns up the stairs. So he sneaks out the back door. How often does this guy get hunted down for his Yeah, he's life? getting hunted down. Apparently a lot. Yeah. Uh, so he sneaks out the back door and he runs into Nick Vallelonga in the uh, in the uh, the alley. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you owe uh, Gregory some money. Or not Gregory. Um, Whatever the hell the, the crime lord's name is in this movie. I can find out right now. Oh, my God. The trash truck is so loud. <laughs> <laughs> Audiences love this. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. So it is Gregory. He's like, you owe Gregory some money. So he, he punches Nick Vallelonga with his carrier cat case. Mm-hmm. And he goes to his office. Where he hands his cat off to his secretary. And he's like, uh, take this. I got to get out of town for a little bit. Take care of the cat. And he goes into his office. And there's the classic femme fatale look. Yeah. This woman, she's leaning up against the blinds or looking out to the blinds, smoking a cigarette, being held high. She turns around the camera and is like, Mr. Phillips, I have a job for you. <laughs> and you think like, oh, this woman's going to be like the femme fatale of this movie. Nope, she never appears again. She never appears again. Um, but he, he, she hires him to go to his, ho- his hometown, which is where she's also from. Is there a femme fatale in this movie? Kind of. Loosely. Loosely. Um, loosely. I'll give and you so, a hint, audience. It's not Ella Blue Travolta. Yeah. And so she, um, she's like, my niece, um, oh, no, my aunt, Barbara Poole, has gone missing in your hometown. She's not responding. She's at a mental facility. Can you go find her? Um, and Charles like, sure, I need to get out of town anyway. So he drives down to his hometown in Texas. Galveston. Which she establishes, like... Galveston, Texas. Now, at this point, I'm like, oh well, the reason they're clear they're going to Texas is because it's easy. For some reason, this movie said 1978. There's no reason for this movie to be a period piece, but it is. No, there is no reason. Um, it's entirely stuff that could be set in modern day. And there's a few pieces of bits where it it's, it doesn't feel it doesn't not feel period at all. But I'm like, cl- clearly, reason it's set in nine, they're going to Texas is because they couldn't afford to make LA look like 1978 for the whole movie. Sure. Um, so he, he drives down. Um, and he goes to this mental hospital where this woman Barbara Poole supposedly is, and this one comes up and is like, "Hi, can I help you? We've been expecting you." And he's like, "Oh, are you a nurse?" And she's like, "No, I'm a paranoid schizophrenic." And then some doctors come over <laughs> and grab her and take her away. It's actually a good bit. I enjoyed that. I don't remember it. It was very funny. Um, uh, it's at that point when he talks to Ben Kingsley and they're looking for a missing patient and he says you need to check Ward C. But before he's able to check Ward C, a huge thunderstorm hits and floods the entire facility. So what John Travolta does is he sneaks into Ward C and he talks to his arch nemesis, Andrew Latis. It's at that point when he discovers that they're doing experiments on the patients in the lighthouse. So what does John Travolta do? He goes to the lighthouse where he finds Ben Kingsley. He then discovers that Ben Kingsley is under this whole mission up all along where they've been experimenting on the patients. So he aims his gun but then ben kingsley plays mind games on john travolta and t- tells him that he's actually one of the patients because he killed his wife and family 15 years ago and then at the very end with his partner who turns out to be a doctor is like hey man you ready he's like they won't suspect anything partner and that's when his partner looks to ben kingsley and tells him no and we just linger on that lighthouse Fade to black. You ever think about how good Shutter Island is? I know. I love Shutter Island. It's a good movie. It's so much better you, than this Shutter bullshit. Island is so good because that's a movie. They did that for him. They care so much about that man they that they did that for him. Yeah. That movie is a lovely movie. It's such a good It's so scary and tense until the twist happens. And then the twist, you're like, this is great. This is so emotional. It just cuts you out of nowhere. Anyway, Poison Rose. Uh, so he goes in, he's entry, he meets the doctor who runs the facility, played by Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. How doctor, does, how, how, what, ex- Dr. Miles Mitchell. Describe to me, Jeff, the look, style, and gravitas of Brendan Fraser at this point. Because we have not seen him for how long? This is his first movie in five years. Five years! He took a break after some sexual harassment. Um, yes. And just like a general rut in his career. He took a little break, he did some TV. Uh, and this is his comeback to movie acting. Yes. Before he jumps to like right in. Not that we'll ever talk about this. We'll never talk about this. No, it's not, we're not um, doing a podcast on Brendan Fraser. Yeah, never. 
Um, and then right after this, he jumps. Who would think that? Who's <laughs> 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 a bartender? <laughs> <laughs> but no, right after this, he jumps into like, you know, he does a Ar- Aronofsky movie, a Soderbergh movie, a Scorsese, DC Comics action villain. He has a little comeback. I'm not excited for the DC movie. Batgirl? It's got Michael Keaton in it as Batman, inexplicably. But what's Brendan Fraser going to do? He's playing Firefly. Oh, great. The supervillain. I, I want him to stay out of the franchise universe. Put him in a, more auteur films. Yeah, he's a character actor now. Um, you should do this. But character actors make great supervillains. Tell me about his gravitas and look in Poison Rose. So he's doing a thing in this. What thing? Uh, he's talking like this. I'm from Texas. He's like, it's a stat, like, they never say it, but it's established like, kind of a flamboyant, like, maybe closeted gay, you know, doctor. Because he has a Texas accent, but he kind of talks like this. He's got a little lisp. A little lisp going on. He wears makeup at one point. Um, like, oh, hi. It's kind of like this whole thing about, like, he might be, like, transitioning or whatnot. And he, like, they never, it's just a kind gestures of. Gestures the gun in, like, a very flamboyant yeah. way, too. Just a, char- a little character detail in this. Yeah. But he's, I really like his performance. In this. He's doing something. Like, I gotta give him credit for he's at doing the, he's something. He's at this place where he's trying to prove himself as an actor again. Yeah. So he, like, actually goes into the performance in this. Yeah. He understands the tone that he's playing into. Yeah. Which is a little hammy. You know, he's bathing in the river of ham a little bit. Um, Jeff is checking his phone. I am checking my phone. I'm just gonna let it be dead air for a second. No, it should not be dead air. No, it's fine. Um, uh, do you want to talk more about... Uh, I, Doctor Strange and the multiverse. No, I do not. I want to continue talking about the Poison Rose. Okay. I just received a, I, one of our guests for the next podcast. That not that we're doing. Whoa. One, not that we're doing. One, just texted me and said they're watching their movie today, and I was like, we are not recording your episode for a year. Uh, they did not realize that. Bro. They started watching it today. Bro. Um, <laughs> well, they'll be well caught up then. <laughs> they will be well caught up. Um. So. So um, anyway, t- Brendan Fraser. He's he's stringing Travolta along. He's like, ah, oh, she's in a meeting right now. She's in one of her group therapy sessions. Going to be a few hours. We can give you a call when she's ready. Joel's like, I think I'll just stay. And he's like, oh, you can't. It's going to be a while. Joel's like, oh, he finally consents. He's like, all right, just give me a call. Here's where I'm staying. So he leaves, and Brendan Fraser looks all looks all like shady, shady. Yeah. And so Travolta, um, he goes to a bar called Roses. The Poison Roses. Interesting. Uh, even though this never really plays into the plot. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Um, Who does he see there, Jeff? He runs into all his old chums from high school. Yeah, this Doc. movie is also like a high school remember. Yeah, this is kind of like a going back to your hometown, can never go home again kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, they don't do anything with it. So he goes and sits at one table with Doc, played by Morgan Freeman. Um, uh. Sheriff Bing, played by Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick. Slide, played by Peter Stormare. He's like hanging out with the boys again. And they talk about how he was a great football player, but he ruined it because he took a bet. Or like he threw the game or something. You shouldn't have thrown that game, you fucking cocksucker. Yeah. And so that um that happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, Morgan lose. Freeman's being all shady. And then they play in- a game of poker. In walks a foot, the current like top football player, um, whose name is Happy Happy. The guy's name is Happy. Not played by, um, uh, 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 John uh, Favreau. Yeah, not played by John Favreau. He's not Happy Hogan. He's Happy Chan. Be amazing if it was Happy Hogan. Yes. What Poison Rose connected to the MCU? Whoa! Whoa! Oh, I also want to talk about one of the other guys at this table. Mm-hmm. His name is Luis. Mm-hmm. In the credits, he's Luis the Hitman. Do you know who plays Luis the Hitman? Who plays Luis the Hitman? An actor named Luis da Silva. Uh-huh. I want to show you this guy. Okay. Because you're going to recognize him. Does he look familiar? <gasps> Wait a minute. It's the guy from I Am Wrath, Charlie. Yeah. But here's the thing. I did not realize this. He's been in every Travolta movie we've been covering for the past few years. Oh. <gasps> What? Luis da Silva, after playing Charlie and I Am Wrath, is in Gotti as Dr. Carmine, who I'm <gasps> presuming is the doctor who tells him his son died. He's in Speed Kills as a guy named Panama. He's in Trading Paint as a redneck number one. He's in this as Joey, and then he's going to pop up in The Fanatic as Luis. 
Wait, so how does he go from being the main antagonist in I Am Wrath to being redneck number one? I'm guessing he and Geralta are just good friends <laughs> at this point, and he just pops up in all the movies and won't cameos. Fascinating. But yeah, I just discovered this. I was really uh, interested by that. Hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. But unless he plays Luis the Hitman, because they couldn't even change his name. Yeah. And so... um. Not creative. Oh, also, this club is playing music that is very modern. Yeah, it is. The singer Rose is like a modern like R&B artist. It's like hip-hop. Anyway, they play a card game. Yes. Uh, Morgan Freeman wins, and he gives him this line of like, I never lose. Yeah, I always win. I always win. And then Happy gets into a fight in the bar. And Morgan Freeman pulls out a gun and fi- pops off two shots into the ceiling. This was exactly like the swordfish bit thing yeah. where like um, um, uh, the detective come on guy who also plays War Machine and Iron Man. Fuck, Don what? Cheadle? Don Cheadle. Fuck. Uh, when Don Cheadle pops a few rounds in the air and they're are like capturing Hugh Jackman. No reason to do it. No reason to do it other than to look cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. You notice all their guns are revolvers. Yes. They all revol- have revolvers. Because revolvers are like sort of time their period like general general yeah it's like you can have like a modern revolver but in a 1970s movie it works because it works yeah as a revolver but there's one scene where i think it's brendan fraser who holds a glock yes they did not have clocks in the (laughs) 70s brendan fraser got glock um and so he pops out two shots and he grabs happy and he's like get in a fight the night before a game what's wrong with you um which you know is important later. Um, but then Happy walks out of the bar and we cut to a random car where Ella Blue Travolta is sitting with a gun. Ella Blue Travolta. She's sitting with a gun. She's playing a character named Becky. It's at this point I actually like make my mind up almost right away about her. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because, like, again, uh, she she's probably been in other things after this, of course. Mm. You know, you know, nepotism is a thing. I got to respect it. But, like, I don't know if this was one of her very earlier movies. Obviously yeah. not because she was in Old Dogs. But, you see, in Old Dogs, she's actually a pretty good little kid. Yeah. She doesn't have a lot of lines. They mostly give it to the little boy. Yes. But, but she's fine. Ella Blue's fine in Old Dogs, a little kid. In this movie, I see her in, like, just stiff is the word. Yes. She's very stiff and, like, not very... We watched Doctor Strange a few weeks ago. And, I like, mean... Jeff said, mentioned this earlier where it's, like, it's really hard to act with, like, green screen and blue screen because you look very stiff while doing it if you're not used to it. I get the vibe with Ella Blue Travolta in this. Yeah. Like, she's acting near a blue green screen. Here's the problem, though, Jeff. She's not acting near blue green screen. Everything's like naturally around her. Jeff is not listening to. No, any I'm of looking my up the director of this movie whatsoever. No, I'm listening this. to you. No, it's fine because this is important because we, you're we talking to a point. No, where you're saying Ella like Blue Travolta is, was stiff in this movie, and you compared it to the America Chavez thing from Doctor Strange. I didn't say her name. Uh, you implied it, but no, I wanted to bring up the director at this point because the director. There's two directors of this movie. George Gallo and Francesco Cinemani. Um, Sink money. Francesco hasn't really not done anything. This is one of his first movies. Yeah. He directed two other movies called Andron and Beyond the Edge that no one saw. Uh, sorry, am I not sorry? George Gallo kind of has a career prior to this. Uh, he's directed a lot of movies that I've never heard of before. But he's written, he was the writer of Midnight Run, uh, which is one of the perfect movies. Um, and then he's also written, he was the story by credit on Bad Boys. So he kind of has a little bit of like action movie bona fides or bona fides, however the fuck you say it. Um, but I don't think he has the director muscle to like shape a performance the way he needs it to. Because every performance in this movie is in a different direction than the yeah. other. And Alec becomes a big victim to that. Yeah, I agree. So it's not her fault. I, yeah, I would, I would say maybe she doesn't have the chops to like excel beyond it. Because, you know, there's certain actors who, like, Morgan Freeman in this movie is, like... Does his Morgan Freeman thing. He's fine. Yeah. But he's, like, one of those actors who can, like, walk in with no direction and just, like, give you a two-take, like, acceptable performance. He's there. He's present. Yeah. He says the words. He has a little gravitas to it, and that's that. Yeah. Uh, Ella Travolta, unfortunately, doesn't have that. And that's why I think she suffers from this direction. Yeah. And I guess I should consider she is surrounded by a stacked cast. Yes. So it's hard to compare that to. I just would really like to have given her something yeah. in this. Yeah. And so she does not kill him. Then. I want to see her keep acting. She might be good. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe she does a, uh, she completes the trilogy of the Saturday Night Fever Staying Alive franchise. And we have a, 
Saturday night headache. Yeah. <laughs> no, Sunday morning headache. <laughs> Sunday morning hangover. Sunday morning hangover. Where, you know, it's going to be John Travolta playing um, 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 Tony. Tony Monero. Tony Monero, but like old as fuck Tony Monero. And I want him to gain weight for yeah. it. I want him to Christian Bale vice it. Like I want him <laughs> to get big. <laughs> big. And you just have like Ellen Blue Travolta play a almost copy, word for word copy of Tony Monero when... Because Ellen Blue's what now? She's like in her 20s probably. Yeah, something like that. But she plays like a 19-year-old version of Tony Monero. And she's just like all the same Tony Monero antics of like, watch the fucking hair. And it's like, father, you're going to be a fucking disgrace in this family. You don't do anything for us. What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? And Judge Volta's like, darling, if you go down this path, you're going to regret it. Trust me, I've been down this pathway before. Mm. <laughs> it's like, you can't keep going to the Odyssey. It's full of bad people. It's like, you don't let me live my life. <laughs> <laughs> and then she discovers the the power of friendship and, you know, being her own person. And then she learns and her and John Travolta go on a walk down the Brooklyn Bridge. And we she, leave, leave them with this drone shot yeah. like they do in like the fucking 80s at the yeah. end where it's like you just see this gigantic helicopter drone shot of them walking across the bridge. Yeah. And as it's pulling back, pulling back, the credits start rolling. Yeah. Or the end of the Force Awakens, which does that same thing. It's by being a movie made in 2015. It ends with that ridiculous helicopter shot of Mark Hamill and Ray on top of the uh, the mountain. But it doesn't have rolled it's like the, shaky. But it doesn't it. roll the credits. It should have. That would have been. <laughs> oh yes, it should have. Oh my god, it should have. Yeah. Fifty and it points just keeps for Griffin. And they're just standing there the whole time with the lightsaber out. Yes. Um, Ella Blue Trolls was born in 2000, so she is 19 in this movie, 18 in this movie. And she is 22 now. Or would be turning 22. No, she is 22. Oh. April 3rd. April 3rd. Yeah. Hmm. Get your shit together. She's 22. S- sorry, I don't know Ellen Blue Travolta's birthday. Yeah. Um, Ellen Blue, I know you listen to this podcast. Yes, I'm sure she does. I mean, she she's probably like, runs her dad's yeah. social media, to be honest. Or maybe an assistant does. Probably. But Ellen Blue, if you're listening... Um, Give us a ring. We'd love, <laughs> we'd love to talk to you about yeah, this movie this movie, and just any other things about you or your dad or anything. Mm. Be nice to get a Travolta on this podcast. It doesn't have to be John. Yeah. It can be Ellen Blue. Okay, so the next morning. Yes. Travolta, um, he goes again to Brennan Fraser's office. And he's like, can I finally see Barbara? And he's like, oh, sorry, I forgot to give you a call. And he's like, all right, well, can I see her now? She's not mean. He's like, you're just not going to be able to see her at all. Her mind's in a fragile place. And right. so Travolta sneaks around the back, and he busts in the back door and sneaks up to Fraser's office. Yeah. And he, like, finds some betting tickets for a football game that night. Ooh. For the game that Happy's going to be in. <sighs> so he takes pictures of those with a little, like, slidey camera. Um, <laughs> Is it a Polaroid? It's a little slidey camera. It's like... <laughs> Um, wait, 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 wait a second. Yeah, I might need to hear that one more time. <laughs> That's what it does. Um, and we are now introducing you to the ASMR version yeah. of this podcast. And he, um, he like finds files indicating that um, these people are dead, mm. maybe. And so he, he sneaks out the back. He's and Fraser comes, so he sneaks out the window. And sneaks Fraser's out like, the window. Mm, why is my window open? Because he sneaks out the window, and then. After Fraser shuts the window, and then we get a shot of Brendan Fraser farting. He like, um, while sitting in his chair, Travolta like sees the coast is clear, so he like gets off the windowsill onto a rooftop, and then he runs and he jumps off the roof, tries to grab a branch or a tree, fails and face plants right into the ground. Cut to black. Dies. Credits. Credits start rolling. <laughs> best, He's dead. Best That's movie it. of my life. And it was like twenty minutes, and the entire. But, aftermath of this movie is John Travolta's coast yes talking about a flashback yeah it's like the gaudy thing yeah let me tell Uh, you something let me tell you something see but no he wakes up Galveston Texas is the greatest fucking city in the the world world. (laughs) my city Uh, no he wakes up you have broken me (laughs) I have broken you fully (laughs) Uh, we're we're sitting here talking about the poison rose (laughs) but no he wakes up um and it's the uh, the woman earlier who told him who like told him she was a paranoid schizophrenic looking over him. And he's like, have you seen, do you know a woman named Barbara Poole? And she's like, yeah, but I haven't seen her in a while. People disappear around here. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Um, 
Travolta of... goes back to his um his hotel, and he asks the guy at the front desk. He's like, "Hey, can you uh, develop these photo, this film, from his little sidey camera?" That goes. So at this point, John Travolta and, does not make a formal complaint to the Board of Medicine yeah. that this mental institution is missing patients. <laughs> yes, he's got some expecting to do, some inspecting. To right, do. he doesn't want to. And so he doesn't want to pre-shoot. And his the guy load, at the front desk know? is like, "Hey, do you need um your jacket cleaned? Because it's all dirty." And Joel's like, "Yeah, sure." So he gives him his jacket, and he looks up at the TV, and there's a football game playing. It's the game that Brendan Fraser had all those tickets for. And what happens? What happens, Jeff? Happy gets hit really hard. Oh, no. And he's foaming at the mouth. <gasps> he dies. <gasps> Travolta rushes to the stadium. Whoa! Because Happy the football player has been killed. Um, and so he's like, he's running. He's like... <gasps> he's doing... <laughs> yeah. Terminator 2. Like... <laughs> Robert Patrick How is good in this is movie. Terminator 2? Robert Patrick <laughs> is in this movie. How good is Terminator 2? It's two? a great movie. It's a fucking great movie. Terminator 1's better, though. The f- um, no, it's not. so much better. Let's talk about this. Why is Terminator 1 better? Uh, because it doesn't have... What's his name in it? Robert Patrick? No, the kid. Uh, Who plays young John Connor in Terminator 2? not River Phoenix. Uh, Edward Furlong. It does not have Edward Furlong. What's wrong with Edward Furlong? He is very rough in that movie. Well, but... Okay, but I would argue that um, Sarah Connor, what's her name? Linda Hamilton. I would argue Linda Hamilton is doing a much better performance in T2. Yeah, she's giving a better performance in T2, but T1 is an overall stronger movie. I strongly disagree. Plus, Arnie is allowed to be the bad guy in the first one, and then never again. Um, He's the bad guy in Terminator Salvation. Yeah, for underrated one, movie. For one underrated scene. movie, by the way, yeah, Terminator Christian Salvation. Bell losing his shit at the the gaffer. Um, yes. Anyway, no. Let's talk about that. No. Uh, so, in Terminator Salvation, there was a leak video. Yeah. Where they, they're shooting all green screen something, and it's they're rehearsing a scene, and a yep. gaffer starts moving a light. Well, he's not. He doesn't move a light. He has a light meter. Yeah. And he's moving around trying to get exposure yeah. uh, levels for Christian Bale. And Christian Bale's like, oh, you fucking twat. Well, because like, it's like a steady camera handheld. Oh, I will get you in there. You got to imagine the, the camera is. I'm going to fight you real hard if you don't fucking facing, get away from me with your fucking light and whatnot. It's facing it? Christian Bale, and it's pulling back as Christian Bale's walking forward. And the gaffer oh, is, you is behind the camera operator on the left side, but he crosses behind and totally cuts off Christian Bale's eye line. Listen, it's a real thing, protecting the eye line, bro. Even though it may not be in the shot, it's still something that actors need to protect the eye line. And I kind of agreed with it. It's like, bro, let the actors fucking work. I found the transcript. You did? Kick, I'm gonna kick your fucking ass. I want your fucking set, you prick. No, don't be sorry. Think, think this one well, fucking second. What the fuck are you doing? Are you professional or not? Do I fucking walk around? It? No, shut the fuck up, Bruce. You don't shut me up. Am I going to walk around and rip your fucking lights down in the middle of a scene? Then why the fuck are you walking through like this in the background? What the fuck is wrong with you? Don't, don't you fucking understand? Well, you got any fucking idea about it? It's a fucking distraction of someone walking up Bryce in the middle of a fucking scene. Give me a fucking answer. What don't you get about it? Oh, good for you. And how was I? I hope the light was fucking good. Because it's useless now, is it? For fuck's sake, man, you amateur. Uh, Christian Bell freak out or Tom Cruise freak out? Uh, Christian Bale so much better. I would say Tom Cruise was slightly more warranted. Because Tom Cruise is just like, I've been on the phone with producers all night getting this movie, <laughs> keeping this industry alive. Tom Cruise very much believes that he is single-handedly saving the film industry. But I do have to say it's like, all in all, he's just enforcing COVID protocols. It's all he's doing when you think about it. Yeah. It's all he's doing. He's just yelling at some fucking dumbass grips who aren't wearing, sorry, my respect to the grips. We love them. They're great people. Mm. But he's yelling at some fucking dumbass grips who aren't weren't putting their masks on. And this is still in the era where like COVID's still very dangerous and yeah. it could still like hurt a lot of people. So like, whereas I feel like Christian Bale also coming from the right place. Cause I agree. It's like, let, let, let the fucking act. You, you had like 40 minutes to an hour to light this fucking yeah. scene. Now it's my turn to work, bitch. Like I get it. Did he have to go full balls to the wall? Probably not. Christian Bale went a little far. Went a little far. I agree with his 
thesis being like, hey, can we just hold so I can rehearse this scene? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it goes a little ridiculous, as I just demonstrated. Yeah. How'd we get on that? Uh, Terminator Salvation, okay movie. Um, Terminator Salvation, Robert Patrick. Oh, John Travolta. Do, 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 yes, do, do. He's run, he <laughs> runs, runs to the football field. <laughs> like how we do um, that? And he sees, you know, Happy, and he sees Ella Blue, Becky, you know, hugging her mother. My husband. Who is, he's like, my husband. My husband. And he looks at her mother. Not good. And it's his old high school flame from oh, the college flame. wow. Played by. Jean Grey. Famke Jansen, who had a little work done. Yes. She's not looking like herself in this movie. Yeah. It's a little rough. Well, so, like, that wasn't movie stuff? That... No, that was real. Because, was... like, the second I saw it, I'm like, that does not look like Famke Janssen. And I looked it up, too. Yeah, like, and, I... and I Googled just Famke Janssen, and when the first, like, autofill response was plastic surgery. <sighs> uh, so there's a lot of plastic surgery. What, what's involved. her name again? Famke Janssen. Fam... How do you... F-A-M-K-E space j-a-n oh yeah the first thing that pops up is plastic Plastic surgery surgery, oh man wow i mean i guess for some reason the reason why i didn't really notice it in this movie was because i almost didn't even think it was the same person yeah but damn bro damn bro yeah it's uh wow Here's the thing. I I never want to like bash people for their like choices. Yeah. For things like that. Some people just um some people just want to feel good in their skin. Yeah. Some some like I'll never be like you should never bash someone for their looks and what they choose to do. Um but it is distracting in this movie. It is. Yes, very much so. Uh so he he meets up with her. And she's like, they're going to suspect my daughter, first and foremost. You need to help find who really killed Happy. Mm-hmm. And so Travolta takes on the case. Um, the, what, what, what else hap- what happens after this? Like, what, what is the sequence of events? Because I can tell you, like, what happens, but I don't know in what order it happens. I cannot remember. And What's I just the are we talking about again? He agrees to find the real killer of Happy. Yeah. Because Famke um, Janssen's the one that, like, asks him to do yeah. it. Yeah. And so his, like... At one point, the gangsters from Los Angeles, Nick Valonga, link back up with him. And are like, where's my daughter? Or where's my uh, where's my wife? And he's like, I don't know. And even if I did, I won't tell you. And he's like, we know you brought her to the airport. And he's like, she, you were beaten on her. And he's like, no, I wasn't. You'll fall for anything that a woman tells you. And Trolls is like, I will, won't I? Cause he's ha- and like the saxophone music he said, plays. He says it like a couple times in the movie, yeah. right? It's like uh, a, a, a broad yeah. in distress. And then he's just like, um, and then he's like, I thought about having a drink and like fades off and he's drunk the next morning. Maybe a, more than a few yeah. or something like that. Sorry, I'm so, I'm reading a, a, an article about Fam King Essence plastic surgery. Yeah. But so, I will stop. Um. So what happens next is Trolta starts investigating and he discovers that Morgan Freeman's doc was in like a drug war with Brendan Fraser. Oh. Um, and that he was also paying off Happy to throw the game. Right. And so the he suspects that he starts figuring out that this scheme that happened is Doc was paying off Happy to throw the game. Um I guess to win it. Or something like it that. It was something just like gambling, right? Yeah, it was just gambling. Like he he wanted Happy to win the game because it's a high school football game, a college one, a college. Because I thought so too, but then it's it's a college game, and it's a big enough college. Yeah. So to it's, put it's just a very confusing, very confusing scheme. Yeah. Um, Brendan Fraser was betting against the game with his drug money. Um, you can bet on college sports, right? You can. I believe so. Um, maybe not legally, but this is, this is an illegal thing that's okay. going on. And so he discovers that Fraser, in order to, you know, make sure that he won, poisoned Happy so he would die, thereby making the game go to the opposing harsh. team. It's a little harsh just a for little a, few, cra- a few extra. A little crazy. A little few extra bucks. But we also learned that Brendan, that Barbara Poole, the person, the whole reason Trolls is there in the first place, is actually dead 
Yes. And that travol- and that Brandon Fraser has been still billing families of deceased victims, of deceased patients. That he's been killing? No, no. that have just been dying, just due, dying. To, due to poor care. Right, and he just buries them in he the He just backyard. buries them and still charges the patients. He assumes they don't care to check in on their family, which, which is a stunning indictment of our uh, care system. I was going to say. Because that's actually probably accurate. That does I act- was like... That, that does actually probably happen. sound like something that would happen. That does actually happen. <laughs> um, I'm laughing because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brendan Fraser, the one good element in this movie. His plot line's not terrible. It's not. Yeah. And it's the one plot line that we do kind of yeah. get a full beginning, middle, yeah. and end to. And so Travolta figures this all out and he confronts Fraser and he's like, Tell me you killed Happy. And Fraser just starts crying and he's like, I oh. promise. And Are then we at the end of the movie already? We're kind of finishing this plot line and then we'll double back a little bit. Oh. And Fraser gets a shot in the back by one of the patients. Just poisoned me already. The poison rose. He gets shot in the back by one of the patients and he dies. Uh, Robert Patrick, the cop, comes and Trolls just like tells him, like, leans out the whole scheme for him. And he takes his word for it. Yeah, and he takes his word for it. Robert Patrick's like, sounds like a promotion to me. Uh, That's basically what he says. Mind you, John Travolta's been a ghost the entire time. (laughs) At one point, there's a shootout where a bunch of, um, oh, I want to talk about Luis the Hitman, the guy we talked about. Oh, Charlie? Yeah, Charlie from um, I am Wrath. I uh, am Wrath. Yeah, because like snaps his fingers. He keeps trying to whack Travolta, and he fucks up every time. Sounds like I am Wrath. Yeah, he fails like six times to kill this guy. Yeah, it's very funny. Um, Travolta, you know, and that kind of wraps up that storyline. Uh, the other storyline is with um, Freeman, Morgan Freeman. This is his drug dealing. Yeah, it's uh, like drug dealing. And he discovers that Freeman's whole scheme in this is that he was actually wanted Travolta to figure all this information out because it would take out Fraser, who's his main competition right. in the drug market. Right. And at the end, Morgan Freeman's right. like, I always win. So Freeman was kind of playing this whole... It's like this movie tries to be like a classic noir where like even though the where it ends in like a depressing way where like even if the hero maybe succeeded at something like... It's not a good way. The over The forces of industry and the overarching like... Yeah, for it's like you know your Chinatown ending or your, yeah. the nice guys or something. Where like at the end, like the machine keeps going and you're just a pawn in it. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, um, there is of, one part of this movie where Travolta threatens to shoot a mime. Do you remember this? No. He's in a park with the coroner and like the mime's dancing up to him and he's like, "If I swear, if you don't back off," and he pulls his jacket back. And there's a gun in there and the mime like does like the box. <laughs> it's very ridiculous. You're lying. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. That's in the movie? That is in the movie. And I didn't remember This it? mime comes up to Travolta and it's just like doing like the... Why is this not your favorite movie of all time? And Travolta's like, you need to back off. And the mime doesn't go in. He's like, I swear. And he pulls his jacket back. There's a gun in there. And the mime's just like... You know what I be- You know what I imagine, Jeff? That mime was a bogey. They were not background yeah. in the scene at all. Well, and Travolta t- just kept it going in I'll the scene. I'll tell you, when that... I took that up one half star when that scene happened. Because I'm like, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> I would figure you would. So Travolta threatens to pop a mine. Speaking of like dealing drugs in a town, have you seen the Hulu show Dope Sick? I have not. It's good. You should watch it. Michael Keaton's in it. It's really good. Expect me to watch a TV show is a very bold I know. Uh, thing. Yeah, but um, it's good. It's got Michael Keaton, um, Eyebrows Kid. <laughs> Will Poulter. <laughs> Will Poulter. Philip Philip Sue's in it. Um, Someone you've definitely never worked with before. No, of course not. Never. I, no. Um, there's a I, I just wrote some random things in this. There's a fun, there's a part in this movie where he goes to the Rose's bar and he talks with Rose. The and her strap falls. Did you notice this? No. She's wearing like a dress with like two straps. Yeah. And at one point she's talking to Travolta and the over the shoulder over her to Travolta the strap falls. Huh. And like the dress is just kind of hanging there. And I guess that was just the take they decided to use. They only did one take. Interesting. Um, okay. Because in all the other coverage, it's up. Mind but. you, you have said a, we have said a, you have said a lot of things about yeah. this movie, but one thing that we have not talked about yet, the hair, is the fucking hair. What is going on? Cue the music. Cue the music. Ranking. What the fuck? Okay, it's like it, it's like a whole raccoon. It's like it, ten feet tall. It's like a ten gallon wig. Yes. And this is not one of the good ones. Yes, this is bad. This is a bad wig. Very bad. Not only is it poorly attached, 
but the wig itself is not good. Mm-hmm. So we all know how much we can trust the reputable source of information was IMDb yes. trivia. And this is almost certainly not real. This is but almost certainly not real, but... It is a good way to describe the hair. There is an IMDb trivia piece. One of three. One of three. You know what the first one is, Jeff? It's uh, Ella Blue Travolta, Becky, is the daughter of John Travolta, Colton, and Kelly Preston. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did you... Did, did you I had no idea. You had no idea. And then the third one is MPA certificate number 52,000. Fun. Fun. So the, the other one that's really matters is in a GQ in an interview with GQ, John Travolta said, quote, I really suggested can you can you uh, uh, I you, really suggested that we, we go, go for, for a sad, sad line, line at, at the, the zoo. zoo. Look, that's thought that was fantastic. So that's why my hair is like that. Yeah. Um Sad is, Line at the Zoo. This look. is probably from that same fictitious GQ article that the uh, the saltwater drink spe- saltwater. Yeah, salt you know, there that means there is somebody who just like goes decided to, to write that one day. Adds but I kind of would do that. Yeah. But just if you add any ridiculous fact with pre- pre- proceeding with in a GQ interview. Yes. And that just continued. It's like, you know what? I kind of believe it. Uh, but it looks like a depressing lion's mane, but not in a good way. So this is going to go in the category of bad looking wigs. So I almost know where it's going to go. It's going to probably going to go below I Am Wrath. But yeah. I want to see what's below I Am Wrath. What's, what's you want to see what's below I Am Wrath? Yeah, just to make sure. Because I, I think it's just going to go right below I Am Wrath. Because uh, I Am Wrath is a travesty. John Wig. John Wig. Because I remember the Forger, the wig's not great, but it looks okay. Um, Yeah, it is. It's going to go above Killing Season, below I Am Wrath. Above Killing Season, below I Am Wrath. Yep. Um, I kind of have to go pee. Can we wrap this up? Okay, yeah. I mean, we're almost done. All right. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, after that, you know, um, it kind of has that miserable ending. It's revealed that Travolta is actually Becky's father. Yeah, because uh, uh, Travolta... just like, remember when I came to visit you in L.A.? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you won't believe what happened after that. He's like, but we, but we, we did. Oh, Oh, I never fell fell out of love with you. <laughs> he and says they, that. He says, I never stopped loving you. Yeah, and they reconcile, and it's great. It's and cute. fuck on the beach. Oh, we got to talk about the best action scene in this movie. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. We got to double back a little bit. All right, all right. Well, like, it's not really double back. It happens right after this scene. Travolta's, yeah. like, visiting his old football field, his old haunt. Oh, uh, is this the sniper bit? Yeah, and a sniper starts shooting I remember this him. part. And Travolta can't hit him with a gun, but you know what he can hit him with? He a grabs a football, football. and he fucking... Launches that shit and it hits Luis the assassin right in the head and knocks him out. Another half star for you? Another half star. Travolta <laughs> can't win with a gun, but he can still throw it like the best. Yes, he can. Yeah. The yeah. way they shoot it too is yeah. so, or at least they edit it. Yeah, it's like right into the camera. It's very. It's funny. like they throw the football in the camera and they shoot the react the the hit for the assassin, and then they cut back to Travolta post throw. Yeah. But you never see him pick it up or throw it. Yeah. You just see him run somewhere, like you see him look. Yeah. See something, run out of frame, then cut to frame of the football field, ball shoots into the camera. Yeah. It's very good. Cut to Charlie the Assassin getting hit, and then cut to his reaction yeah. of him getting hit and running away. He's like, touchdown. <laughs> what if he had? <laughs> that would have been good. But what if the sound effect, like, I think that's basketball, actually. No, we get to the end of this movie, and everything seems to be sorted. Fraser killed Happy, Fraser's operation's been taken out. Morgan Freeman still gets away and kind of takes over all the drug operation in the town. But, like, at least the one thing is solved. Yeah. Or so we think. Or so we think. Because he finds pills in Femke Jansen's house. They're the same pills that killed Happy. And he realizes she killed Happy to try and uh, get him to stop beating up her daughter, which is a reasonable reason, I would assume. Yeah. And he's like, you killed him, didn't you? And Ella's like, did you kill my husband? She's did like, you kill him? And she's like, I just didn't want him to hit you no more. <laughs> <laughs> and they all hug. That's all you happens. They all hug. They all get over it. Yeah. Um, From Kiansen, he never turns kill. her into the police. Like, And then he's just like, oh, yeah, it's reasonable. You shouldn't have hit her. Which yeah. is fair. Um, and so they all go and they lay a, a flower at the grave of Barbara Poole, who we almost remember is the reason he came to this town in the first place. We never see her niece again. Yeah, no. Who uh, paid him to go there. 
And he's like, I stayed in town. He, he gives this monologue about a comet. He's like, they predicted in 1980 that a comet would hit the, would hit, would hit um, the world and wipe out all life. It missed. He's like, they say it's going to take another thousand years to come around again. So we're going to have to deal with this mess until then. It's like this ridiculous monologue about a comet. Um, and I was just like, okay then. Great. Um, and he's like, I decided to stay in Galveston with my family. I know he says like, I kept, people kept asking me when I was going to go home. And that's when I realized I was already there. And he shuts the door and the credits start rolling. And that's Poison Rose. And that's the Poison Rose. Brendan Fraser, very good in this. Everything else, uh, eh. Yeah, I agree. Mad sketch. How'd this movie do? Uh, this movie did not do. It made $300,000 at the box office. Very limited release. It has a 0% Rotten Tomatoes, uh, third or fourth in a row. Um, got a, The Guardian called it ridiculous and mostly boring hard-boiled thriller. Uh, thriller is a bold sentence. But next week, we get John Travolta's second magnum opus. The Fanatic. The Fanatic. Yeah, we do talk about The Fanatic next And week. it's going to be... Now, Stier, I want to talk about the end credits of this movie. Did you watch the end credits at all? Jeff, I have to be... No, you're going to like this. Okay, go continue. Did you watch the end credits at all? No. So at the bottom of the end credits, it, it said, like, we would like to thank where we got our props from. And you think it's going to be like a props house or something. It's like our props and uh, set deck. Hmm. This is not a props house. Stuart, let me tell you. It says that. And then the next words are Alpha Props, Lowe's, Bed Bath & Beyond, Office Depot, um, Dollar, Tree, <laughs> Dollar Tree, Hobby Lobby, Home Depot, Staples, Ace Hardware. <laughs> Starts listing like all these convenience stores where they must have just bought shit for the movie. That You want to advertise that <laughs> on your end credits? Look at this. Oh my god! Oh my god! The shame. Hobby Lobby the is credited. It's credited for this movie. Wow, it's so funny. Good shit. Yeah, uh, very funny. But yeah, that's 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 the Poison Rose. Um, it does nothing for Trolls' career. Yeah, he he's in a rut. Yeah, and one he is still into this day. Well, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about the fanatic. Yeah. The Fanatic. Yeah. A movie that was advertised for a uh, best actor um, at the Oscars. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about the deadline ads. Uh, I think that's it. Any final thoughts? Uh, this movie was poisonous to yeah, me. We'll, we'll never talk about this movie again. Yeah, good. We'll never talk about this movie again. We'll never talk about this movie again. Yeah. Tune in in a year and a half to hear us talk about this movie again. <laughs> what? Uh, thank you, folks, so much for listening. Make sure to tune next week for our last movie episode on The Fanatic. Um, and in the meanwhile, please remember to like, rate, review, and subscribe on every platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. You can find us at TravoltingPod on Twitter or Instagram. You can email us TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Pop into the Reddit, r slash Travolting. <laughs> find me on Twitter, at JeffWSweeney. Nar. Uh, nar. And as always, special thanks to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design and Michael Van Bodegum-Smith for the theme music that's now taking you out. See you folks next week. Bye!